This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cohn Franz. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. Back in October, I think we began talking about this text by Kazan called Zazen Yojinki, Notes on What to Be Aware of in Zazen. We didn't get very far. Just to give a little refresher, because it has been a while, there are two approaches to teaching Zazen in, in this tradition, in this Soto Zen tradition. And the first we learn, and sometimes the only one that we learn, is Dogen's. And it's very straightforward. We've read his instructions a couple times. He says, choose a place that's like this. Sit on a cushion like this. Put your hands just like this. Hold your back like this. This is what you do with your eyes. Go. That's Zazen. And if you were to go to Japan and ask for Zazen instructions today, you would basically get that. No one would want to talk about your mind. No one would tell you, don't think about this, or do think about this, or this is what it might feel like. They'd face you against a wall and explain the posture and say, now do this forever. There's this tremendous faith in that. That, that those instructions, those basic instructions, alone are enough. And we don't want to confuse you with anything else. That's one flavor of Zen. Kazan delivers a very different one, but one that, that is, is speaking to the same thing. Instead of saying, choose a quiet place, or sit on a cushion like this, Kazan begins by saying, First, realize your true nature. Figure out who you are and your place in the world. Then do Zazen. <laughs> if there is something that is radical, something that is, is critical, in our understanding about what this tradition is, it's that. That rather than practice to become something, we practice with that thing as the starting point. And so we have these teachings that say only a Buddha can do Zazen. And Zazen itself is a gesture of awakening. Not a path, not a means, not a tool. It's an expression of who you already are and what you already are and what everything already is. And so Kazan begins by not by telling us how to hold our hands, but how to hold ourselves in the world. It's kind of a high bar. 
And the last time we talked about this, he said, putting aside all concerns, shed all attachments, do nothing at all. Don't fabricate anything with the six senses. Don't force anything. Bring no pretense to this. Sitting as Buddha is not the same as imitating a Buddha and saying, I'm going to be a Buddha today. It's deeper than that. And so I want to continue today. He says, Who is this? Its name is unknown. It cannot be called body. It cannot be called mind. Trying to think of it, the thought vanishes. Trying to speak of it, words die. The language here gets very vague. When he says, who is this? He's not, it's not the same as saying, who are you? But he is asking us to question the relationship between body and mind. It's not enough to call it body. It's not enough to call it mind. Don't imagine that they're separate. And then he writes, It is like a fool, an idiot. It is as high as a mountain, deep as the ocean. Without peak or depths, its brilliance is unthinkable. It shows itself silently. Between sky and earth, only this whole body is seen. This is very poetic. And as we watch, what we see is that Kazan is talking about something that we might call awakening, or that we might call Buddha nature. And at the same time, he's talking about your body. And he's slipping in with the pronouns so that he's talking about them as the same thing. And again, he says, it is like a fool, an idiot. This is language we hear sometimes in... I think the Precious Mirror Samadhi is one that we haven't read here. Also talks about the fool and the idiot. This is not advocating for idiocy. And it's not celebrating ignorance. The fool, in the context of these teachings, is someone who is not caught up in his or her own mind. The intelligent person, what does the intelligent person do? The intelligent person thinks about stuff. And then she thinks about what she thought about that stuff. And then maybe she brings in some other ideas that seem relevant to that. So that in one instant, she can instantly be 20 steps removed from the reality of what's happening right now. The fool is used in contrast to everybody else. Everybody else is the smart one. 
Everybody else is living inside his or her own mind. Everybody else is imagining that they are a vehicle for this pink mass (laughs) that rides up here in the top of the car (laughs) and looks out and sees the world. The fool has no such idea. The fool isn't thinking about the fool's thoughts. The fool is just present. From a cultural standpoint, it's too simple. There's not enough depth. There's not enough analysis. There's not enough questioning. And so compared to the person who has something to say and something to analyze, that person who is just simply there looks like a fool. The fool has no reference point. Not in the way that we do when we identify ourselves with a thought or a story, an idea. Often we think that we are the thing that we're thinking. And if we're desperate, we think that we are something that we thought once that just was really, really good. We carry that idea like a trophy. The fool is just here and here and here. I think I've mentioned before, I met a a karate teacher once years ago from Okinawa. He was amazing. Amazing. And he was talking about, he was trying to kind of give everyone a pep talk. And he said, to be really good at anything, he said, you also have to be stupid. It's the same idea. He talked about people who dig post holes. If you've ever done this, there's this little tool, you stick it in the ground, pull up the dirt, you've made a hole. You just do it again, and you do it again. He said, there's a particular kind of mind that can do that, that can say, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to dig post holes. And I'm going to do that until the end of the day. And then tomorrow, because it's my job, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to dig post holes again. He said, smart people can't do that. They'll overthink it. They'll ask themselves in every gesture, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Right? What does this mean? What does this mean about me? What does this mean about my life? And if you're thinking that way, you can't do it for a week. You can't do it for a month. So he said, you have to be kind of stupid. You have to be able to just do something over and over and over again without asking why. In my own experience of Zen training, that feels relevant. But it's also just relevant to the act of waking up. 
If you've ever heard the alarm in the morning and, and laying in bed and thought, why? Why do I even get up in the morning? Then you're overthinking your life. <laughs> right? He says, between sky and earth, only this whole body is seen. We should understand this is exactly the way that Dogen talks about Buddha nature. There's nothing but this. You have that reference point, you have that feeling of separation when you imagine that there's something other. Kazan is saying, there is nothing other. This thing that's waking up in the morning is infinitely vast. Not because you're important, but because everything is important. This one is without compare. He has completely died. Eyes clear, she stands nowhere. Where is there any dust? What can obstruct, obstruct such a one? And this image comes up a lot in Zen discussion as well, the dust. You can only have dust on something if something isn't the whole thing. <laughs> right? And you can only have dust on something if something is capable of being unclean. <laughs> but if we're talking about something that permeates let's say, a mirror and dust, then we can't have a situation in which one is one and one is the other. Clear water has no back or front. Space has no inside or outside. Completely clear, its own luminosity shines before form and emptiness were fabricated. It's a good line. We like to talk about form and we like to talk about emptiness. He says they're both made up. Objects of mind and mind itself have no place to exist. Again, you can only have a location, you can only have a reference point if you're distinct and if you're separate. This has always been so, but it is still without a name. The great teacher, the third ancestor Senkan, temporarily called it mind. And the venerable Nagarjuna once called it body. 
enlightened essence and form, giving rise to the bodies of all the Buddhas, it has no more or less about it. This is symbolized by the full moon, but it is this mind which is enlightenment itself. The luminosity of this mind shines throughout the past and brightens as the present. Nagarjuna used this subtle symbol for the samadhi of all the Buddhas, but this mind is signless, non-dual, and differences between forms are only apparent. The moon is an excellent, you know, it's, 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 it's been a, a useful tool for talking about uh, form and emptiness, or absolute and relative. Because the moon is always full. <laughs> And yet, there's a useful way in which we can say that it's not, that it's always in flux, that it's always changing. The moon shines, but it doesn't really. It just reflects something bigger. We have all sorts of stories about the moon. We look up and we say, oh, it's at this stage and it's at this stage. In the same way that we look at our lives and we imagine that we're at this stage, we're at this stage. I'm still young. Oh, now I'm in middle age. You know. I can see my peak. It was, it was back there. Right? Or I can see my peak and it's just around the corner. That's one way of looking at your life. There's another in which it's just full. And it's always full. And it can't be anything but that. And like the moon, it's not that it's shining from within. It's made visible by the things around it. I really love this text. I really love how he lays out the foundation of Zazen. Remember, this is all, this is, these are instructions for Zazen. Saying, know thyself. First, first, know who you are. Not in a personal way. Not the you that has a name. The other one. That's the one that's going to sit like this. That's the one that makes this gesture of awakening. 
It's beautiful. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.